0: Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Getting Ready, Answer the Question, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on December 4th, 2016.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. How are we doing this morning? Good, good. You know, I, I tend to often like to start with a question uh, because I think it's really good to provoke some, some thought in our mind as we gather together um, on this Sunday morning. And the question that I, that I want to ask you, and it's a very personal question, and I want you to think about this question this morning. I want to ask you, how is your faith? The reason why I asked that question to you this morning because the, the element of our faith is very critical To how we live our lives on a daily basis you know it has to be a faith of our own and not only a faith of our own but it also has to be a faith that you and i own see in our story as we continue in luke chapter one we're going to see and look at the life of zechariah and what god does through this man And the reason why we're focusing on Zechariah this morning is because he was a very, very common man. We know from the story that that he was a very faithful man to God, that he lived in obedience to God. Him and his wife were very faithful in their lives. But there was one thing missing in their life, and that was a child. We know from the story that, uh, that they had prayed for many years for a child. And that was something that was very, very important to both of them. You know, as we we see his dynamic and we see the aspect of, of him and his life and the things that the story tells us, you know, one might question the aspect of Zechariah's faith. Because when the angel comes to him and shares the good news of a son that he will have, there was a moment that we could almost perceive as being a moment of doubt where he actually questions the angel and isn't really sure that this is going to happen. You know, he makes the statement that, you know, I am too old. He really isn't sure. So so do you think in that moment that that question was an aspect of his faith? I don't think it was. I think... I think that when we ask questions and we pursue the things that God has for us and in those moments when God is speaking to us through his word and through his promises for us as individuals, I think there's room for some questions. There's room to ask God and say, well, why God? And what are you doing here in these moments? And it doesn't mean that, that we're doubting in our faith more so than it does that we're discovering how to grow in our faith. See, because as we grow in our faith, we get a better understanding of the things that God wants to do in us and through us and in this lifetime. Because I believe that God wants to use every one of us. I believe that, that God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan and there are people in your life and in your life to come that you will hang out with, do life with spend time with and those interactions those moments where he gathers you together he'll use you and give you an opportunity to share your faith and i think that's exactly what god did through zechariah in this passage he used him in a great way and sometimes we minimize the aspect of his role in the big story in the big picture because we know ultimately that that zechariah bore a son his name was john And John went on to become the the prophet of the coming Messiah. He prepared the way for Jesus Christ. and, And we all know who Jesus Christ is, right? See, God did some amazing things to this man. And so we see in our story this morning some really cool things about faith that you and I, that we can learn together from our passage. Well, let's pray and then we'll read together. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the amazing privilege to gather together and to gather in jesus name lord we look to you this morning because even in these moments even in this wonderful season that you've given us there are moments when our faith is challenged there's moments when we question our faith but we know that we can rest in you father that we can come to you and ask these questions and challenge one another and look to your word for guidance and for counsel So this morning, Father, as we read this song of praise, as we read the response from this man that you used in such a great way, Father, remind us of your glory. Remind us of the great things that you have for us. And Father, give us a hope, a hope for a future, for the things that you have for us. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we do it all in Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, we're gonna be in Luke chapter one again. And I'd like to look at uh, the verses starting in verse 67, and we're going to read together through 79. And what this is here is basically a song of praise. Zechariah realizes what God is going to do in his life and what God has given him and how he has blessed him with his child, and he sings a song of praise. So Luke chapter 1, verse 67 through 79. It says, And his father Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the the hand of all who would hate us, to show mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you child will be called the prophet of the most high for you will go before the Lord and prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. Whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the new way of peace. This song of praise. A song acknowledging the great God that we serve, that we live for. See, Jeremiah I mean, excuse me, Zechariah um, understood the hope that God had just given him. And in his declaration of faith, it leads us to ask some questions of ourselves, Questions of our own faith in God. See, we see in verse 68 and 69 that Zechariah says, I believe in God's redemption and salvation. He says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. Underline redeem there. And he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As you read that passage, the question that comes to mind is is, what do you believe about your eternity? What do you believe about your eternity? Because there's no question that, that we were created to live eternal. See, there's only two choices that we have. We can live in eternity with Jesus Christ and in His presence, or we can live. In eternity, separated from God. See, that separation is hell. So it's a choice that we make every single day. What do we believe about the eternity that God has promised us? What do we believe about what God has promised us in His Word about eternal life? See, this belief about eternity is truly a reflection of what we believe about Jesus Christ, isn't it? See, because as we celebrate our coming Savior, as we look towards the Messiah that is going to be born on this wonderful day that we call Christmas, that we celebrate once a year, do we truly believe, like Zechariah, that he was the coming Messiah, not only to save us, but to redeem us? See, those two words there are very important. And you see here that Zechariah uses this word redeemed. See, it refers to the way in which we actually, or how God has actually purchased us back from sin and death. See, we have to understand that that because of our sin, we needed a redeemer. There was a price that had to be paid. In Romans, it tells us the wages of sin is death. And you and I, because of our imperfection, we cannot be that sacrifice. See, there's only one that, that can pay that ultimate price. And that is the holy and spotless Lamb of God. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he has come to redeem us, to pay a price that you and I cannot pay. In Psalm 119, it says, he sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is this name, is his name, Jesus Christ, the anointed one. See, the psalmist here in this passage reveals that redemption is not a human idea. It was the design and plan of God. It's not something that we can do of our own accord. It's not something that we can have because of who we are. But it has everything to do with who Jesus is. See, we have to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the Redeemer, and that he is our salvation. He is the one that has come to save us. See, so he uses the word salvation here, which has to do with being delivered from some sure and, and terrible end. And there is the, the, the aspect of our eternity, the separation from God. See, if we don't follow Jesus Christ, if we don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, There's an aspect of eternal separation. See, what we believe about eternity comes from what we believe about who Jesus Christ is. And Jesus Christ came to save us. Do you believe this morning that that Jesus came to save you? Amen. See, Zechariah gives us a lot of understanding about our own faith here in 1st Thessalonians 5 verse 9 it says for God has not destined us for wrath see that is not God's plan to be separated from us but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ and that is why Jesus the Messiah has come see that is the reason for this song of praise that we see here that he's singing so that we can live in eternity in the presence of our God. And it is through the redeeming power of Jesus Christ that we have this salvation, this good news of the Messiah. See, that is our hope. That is the faith that we believe in and trust in that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior and our Redeemer. And then Zechariah does something really neat here. He reminds us of God's promises and he says, I believe in God's faithfulness to his people. In verse 70 and 70 through 72, he says, As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. See, Zechariah is reminding the people and he's reminding us that God has promises for us. Promises for us as as his people, promises for us as his children, and promises for us as his creation. So I want to ask you this morning, what do you believe about our nation? You know, I know that we we live in a hopeless world. We live in a a nation that that seems to preach and, and teach hopelessness. It's the, the, let me take care of myself mindset. It's all about me, gather what I can because we're here for a short time. See, but Zechariah is reminding not only the people around him, but the people in his time, the Israelites of God's promised freedom. See, and I I don't think that these same promises that, that Zechariah was talking about to the Israelites are necessarily the same promises for you and I today. But there are promises for you and I today. There are promises for our nation. See, God loves us. God loves every individual, every every person that breathes life because he is the life giver, right? He is the one that has given each and every person life. And I believe that there's a hope for our nation and that hope is Jesus Christ. And I hope that you believe that this morning. I hope that you trust and you have faith in believing and knowing that Jesus Christ can heal our land. But it all begins with Him. I love what Proverbs 1434 says. It says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Do you catch that? Righteousness is what will lift us up as a nation. But it's our sin that will tear us down. Have we seen that in our day today? We really have, haven't we? What do you believe about our nation? What do you believe for our nation? Do you believe that God's promises to bless a righteous nation can apply to us? What do you believe for America today? Do you believe that a dying nation can be revived? I believe it can. I do. I believe that that God could do that. And I think it's God's desire to do that for us. But the question that we have to ask ourselves is well, where do we start? You know, it's a big world. We've got millions of people in this country. Where do we start? Well, I tell you what, my suggestion is start with you. Start with you. See, God God started with Zechariah. See, he, he spoke to Zechariah. And he spoke to him because Zechariah and his wife were faithful in how they lived for God. And God used Zechariah to change not only a nation, but to change a world. Do you believe that? See, because Zechariah, again, bore John. And John prepared the way. For the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. See, it begins with you, it begins with me. And we have to do our part. We have to live by faith and in faith. We have to start by owning our faith. We have to start by finding our place in the body of Christ and, and fulfilling our responsibility and the things that God has called us. We cannot sit by and be idle as others do the work. Because the work that God is calling you to do, the the work that God has gifted you to do, God needs you to do. It's important. You think about the amount of people that are here in this city, Rio Rancho. We're pushing, supposedly, by the end of this year, about 100,000. And statistics say that that less than 2% of that 100,000 has an active faith. Less than 2%. I'm not real good at math, but in my mind, that equates to very little, very few. In my mind, that tells me that there is a nation, there is a city, and there is a people that God wants to revive. And it begins with us. What does the Bible tell us? The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Let's be workers. Let's own our faith. Let's find our place and let's help others do the same. Can we agree to do that? Amen. I love what it says here in John, the John. He says, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. See, John owned his faith he found his place and he helped others do the same. See, and it's why? Because he believed that God was at work. He trusted in the fact that God was working and he was moving in his community. Well, the next thing that we see here in this song of praise is that Zechariah says, I believe in the future greatness of my son. And I love this part here because I have a son of my own. In verse 66, 76 and 78 through 78, it says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall vid- visit us from on high. Again, there's a, there's a great question in here. And what is it that you believe about your children? I have a a 19 year old and and a 17 year old that uh, I know God has promises for. I I believe that God's Word speaks of those promises. I believe that that God wrote those promises and gave those promises specifically for my kids. I want to ask you what do you believe for your children? What do you believe for your kids? For the kids of this nation? For the kids that are in your life? For all of those little ones that are in the back in the children's area? What do you believe for them? So I, I have to imagine the feeling that Zechariah had at the moment when the angel of the Lord told him that God was going to use his son to prepare the way for the coming Savior. See, I've got to imagine that that Zechariah just felt probably this excitement and this, you know, this joy of understanding that that his child, his his son, was gonna be used by God in a way that would just change the world around him. But I also have to realize that as a parent, I know this for myself, that there's a huge responsibility that comes along with that. There is a burden that is placed on me as a parent, that is placed on you as a parent you as an influence, you as a Christ follower, an obligation and a responsibility to not only believe in what God will do through these children, but also to live a life that reflects that, to be that, so that they may see. Psalm 112 says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord who greatly delights in his commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. See, I I love what God's word always does. I don't know if you guys recognize this or not, but God, God does this, okay? I want you, when you read your Bible throughout the week, I want you to look for this. What he does is he tells us his part and he always tells us our part. Have you noticed that? God says, hey, I am going to do this, but I want you to do this. I need you to do this. You know, right here, he's telling us that, that, blessed is the man who fears the Lord. That's our part. See, we have to delight greatly in his commands. We have to sing a song of praise for the things that God has commanded us to do. And then it says, God will do his part. That our offspring will be mighty in the land. And that we'll see a generation of upright and blessed See, we have to live for Jesus just like Zechariah did we have to live lives that are reflective of who this God is Isaiah 59:21 says and as for me this is my covenant with them says the Lord my spirit that is upon you my words that i have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouth of your offspring or out of the mouth of your children's offspring says the lord from this time forth and how does he end it it's on the screen right there and forevermore that's a promise from god you stand on those promises for your children see, that that's god saying i will do this forevermore see here it's so real Part of our, our vision statement is simply this: it's to look beyond the horizon and ensure that we do our part knowing God's doing His part. See, we have to look beyond ourselves as individuals. We have to look at it in opposition to what the world preaches. It's not about what I can get. It's not what about I should have, but it's what we can do for future generations. See, this church was established 18 years ago and founded on the principle that that even the gates of hell would not persevere against it because it's Christ's church. It belongs to Jesus. And because of that, there's nothing that the devil can do. And see, today, 18 years later, we have to believe the same thing. We have to be prepared for future generations, for those that will lead and serve and help future generations to come. See, Zechariah believed this, and I hope you do this morning. I hope you believe that not only your children, but our children will be the future of the church, that God will use them to do mighty and great things. See, you and I, we're responsible for leaving a legacy of faith, a history, his story of faith. That's our responsibility today. The last thing that we see here that Zechariah says is, he says, I believe in the coming Messiah. Verse 78, he says, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Again, Zechariah believed in Jesus. He believed in Jesus the Christ, the coming Messiah. It was a promise that was told to his forefathers and it was a promise that he held on to today. In this moment, Zechariah believed that the Messiah was, Was coming. I want to ask you, what do you believe about Jesus? Do you believe what Zechariah believed? Do you believe that Jesus is the Messiah? Remember, because it's a question of faith. See, having faith is a belief. Do we trust in what God's Word says? Do we believe that Jesus is the Messiah? Do you believe that Jesus is God revealed in flesh? Colossians 2.9 says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Do you believe that? Do you believe in the virgin birth? We celebrate Christmas. Why? Because of the miraculous. Because of what God did. The miracle that generation after generation is not only celebrated, but leaned towards and moved towards in their faith. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. There you go. Do you believe in his resurrection? See, this is a big one. I say this to you because you have to believe this. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have to believe this. You have to trust in this. You have to have a a faith in this. Our faith rests on this aspect of Christ's resurrection. See, Jesus came and not only was he born and did he not only do the miraculous, he healed people and he did all of these things, all these signs and wonders so that you and I might believe, but he died on a cross. There's that redeemed word again. That redemption word again. See, he paid the price. And not only did he pay the price, but he rose again on the third day. He conquered death. He conquered that element of the eternal separation between God and man. And he defeated the one thing that separates us from God, and that is our sin. Romans 10 9 says, Because. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be what? Saved. Saved. Do you believe in the resurrected Christ? Do you believe that he wasn't just a mere man? He wasn't just some great prophet? See he is the Messiah. He is the Savior. and this time of year, we need to get ready for all that God wants to do in us and through us because this is the moment and this is the time and this is the place where God is highlighting what He has done for you and I through the coming Savior. This is why Zechariah sings this song of praise. This is what he is so excited about. This is where his faith rests. And you and I should be no different because we know the reason for the season, don't we? I know that's a cheesy term and it's used a lot, but it truly is right. Jesus is the reason for the season. He is why we celebrate. He is why we focus all of this energy to invite people, to bring people, to tell people, to proclaim, to sing this song of praise. It is all about the Messiah. And it should never be about anything else. See, God wants to do some amazing things. And if you believe this, if you believe in what God's word tells us, if you believe in the promises that it has for you as an individual, then I want to just simply end with this. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Let's let's sing his song of praise. Let's proclaim it everywhere we go that our Jesus is coming back and he's coming for us. He's coming for all those who would believe. And let's invite people. Let's bring them in. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you for for what you've done. Thank you for the love and the hope that was expressed through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we come into your presence this morning and and our desire is to to be ready, to be ready for the things that you have for us, the things that you desire for us. Father, as we, we look to this time of year and as we come closer to that day that we will all celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to proclaim it. Fill us with your spirit and help us to believe. But not just believe, but believe in a way that we would put our faith in you and trust in you and everything that we say and everything that we do so that others might know you. That we would make you known. Father, that we would own our faith. And Lord, we would... would understand the the faith and the place that you have for us and then help others to do the same. Lord, I just thank you for that. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for every heart and every soul that's in this room this morning, every person that you are at work in their lives and I pray that your blessing would come upon them, that your spirit would lead them and guide them and show them the things that you have for them, Father, and that we would rise up as a nation, that we would rise up as your children and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. That it would be a song of praise in our hearts and it would be shared every single day as we live this life that you've called us to. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we do it all in Jesus' precious name.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening and we pray you were blessed by today's message you are invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At We're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.